Hi, this is a quarter of of the British Blacklist. And I'm here with a wonderful lady that I, I can't remember the last time we spoke, but it's been a minute. And oh, that, that's such an old school phrase. It's been a minute. It's, it's so annoying. Minute. It's been a long time since we've spoken. <laughs> um, um, but yeah, so please introduce yourself. Hi, my name is Kyla Fry. I'm an actress and filmmaker uh, here to change the world through art and amazingness. And yeah, I'm here with the Koya and I'm just so happy to be speaking with you it's, 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 it's been as you said it's been a long time but yeah, yeah always in each other's corners always got each other's back so I'm just so grateful to be speaking with you thank you so much give me a sentence or a word that describes your life right now chaotic it's chaotic it's brand new it, it's growth it's change it's miraculous it's love it's yeah it's God's divine hand at work that's, That's a, lot of words, a lot of sentences. No. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I get because life is a lot, isn't it? And I'm, I'm, I ask that question and I don't expect to get one word or uh, one sentence because it is a lot right now. And you know, you coined the phrase um, being the change you want to see. Mm-hmm. So have mm-hmm. you been the change that you want to see? Yes. <laughs> I think so. I think by being active, by staying present, by staying true to your, your calling, your purpose, you're always able to kind of stay the course and like I said about being the change as a new mum when I was um, pregnant with my firstborn I was seven months pregnant and I produced wrote directed faces which is a mental health short and then when my youngest was only three months old I was working and um, producing on Mo Ali's new film Breathe so the fact that they were both like they've both been involved in the process from such a young age not letting motherhood stop me from doing what it is that I do best showing them that as as a woman as a black woman we can still be active still be present still be engaged still be our, our you know black girl magic we make it work don't we I mean all mothers do but there's there's something about recognizing our the projected limitations that we have to deal with and being able to do that with with both my girls now I didn't really see this coming but the fact that I'm finding a way to to make it work and I've got I've got a feature film in the works now as well so it's like producing a feature film that I'm starring in with the two girls with my youngest only being nine months old it's insane but I like a challenge <laughs> I like a challenge and, I, and, I'm, and I'm grateful for the opportunities and the support you know where were mm. you when that phrase started to make sense to you okay so being the change we want to see came about um when I started my production company Friday Entertainment back in 2012 I was turning 20 to 25 in, in 2012 and I think when you're young you always think oh by 25 I would have achieved a b and c and when I got to that point in my life I had been on tv I'd been on stage I had been in film but there was something missing and it was ownership of the narrative and combating stereotypes and um I felt it, it wasn't a case of just talking because there's a lot of talk and there's, <laughs> there's been a lot of talk about inclusion diversity and all this sort of stuff but it's about action it's about doing and being says everything that needs to be said it's, it's an active word it's, it allows me to hold myself accountable before anybody else and knowing that I'm doing it for a higher purpose a better purpose uh, more than me and that's what Friday is about it's about telling our collective stories our collective narratives owning that and making sure that when we that when we do tell our stories we're doing so accurately and we're doing so in a way that that doesn't come as a detriment to who we are as a people we are not a monolith and to have stories 
whether it's whether it's on film or whether it's on stage or whatever that only kind of tell one side of things was frustrating to me so when we talk about change it's not so much uh, that I don't want to see what's being told it's about showing and talking about other things about other people other ways of coming up other ways of, of living and being and celebrating that celebrating our diversity within ourselves and within our own culture within within our diaspora when was the moment that you realized you wanted to be an actor because you started off wanting to be an actress right and I still yeah. am in every sense of that word I, this has always been a passion a purpose a outlet a dream a way of living being breathing storytelling embodying characters and it gets every nerve ending every fiber in my body just tingling and just feeling so alive and it's always been there but when I was probably about 14 15 it became a real sort of tangible thing where I'm like okay I can actually do this as a profession and I was I was at um, Theatre Royal Stratford East started out there was part of the youth theatre there, did my work experience there. And then I went on to identity drama school when I was 17. Yeah, so just before I finished my A-levels, I started at ID. And then the rest is kind of history, really. It's just been every choice that I have made in life has been so that I can be an actor, so I can be a storyteller, so I can be me, so I can do me. Yeah, so it's been ever present, I'd say. Where the industry is now, to how Mm. you got into it, Mm. what's the most significant improvements or evolutions or realizations that have happened because I feel like there has been a great creative movement and a creative shift but I'm sure people of our generations before especially in the UK it was like we had this cycle 10 years ago yeah had this cycle in the 80s you've been in this industry a good breadth of time from the Noel Clark days to him blowing up then you know doing the America thing and then it going quiet again and now this resurgence Mm-hmm. I don't mean the Noel Clark days in the, as he was the only one, but that was a significant... I understand, yeah. It is that. Yeah. When I started, my TV debut was as a result of Noel Clark. It was West Ten LDN. But that was based on a Courtier Newland book, The Society Within. And it's quite interesting, obviously, because Courtier was part of the Small Lacks anthology. And so that's come around with Noel, obviously, with Bulletproof and how and him having international success on the other side of the law or the right side of the law, if you want to call it that, creatively. But he's been a part of that. And I've been in this to see that kind of change. It's interesting because when I think about West 10 LDN, which we shot in my Freshers Week, actually, I miss Freshers because I was shooting West 10. And it's talking about life on the ends. It's talking about life on an estate and what that is and what that looks like. And we're still talking about life on the estate, what that is and what that looks like. And not to take away from people who've lived that experience and not to diminish that storyline. However, I personally didn't grow up on an estate. Ends, yes, but on the peripherals, if, if I'd be completely honest. And neither did the family or my friends that I kind of I grew up with. So when we think about that narrative, when we think about how truthful or representative that is on mass and where that is projected as a story that is reflective of us on mass, I've always had my, not my troubles with it, but it's it's always been a little bit of a bugbear. I appreciate no, I know Noel's spoke, spoken up about this, about how if he never did that, then he, he would never be in the position to do what he's doing today with Unstoppable, with Jason Mazur and everything. And that's completely true. We have to start somewhere. We have to get in the door before we can change the game. So I'm hugely grateful to Noel, even to Ashley, Ashley Walters as well, because I worked with him a lot in the earliest kind of phase of my career. But I'm with you. Things haven't changed so much. There's a lot of lip service. There's still a lot of the same schemes that's going around, a lot of mentorship programs, inclusion, and they'll change a figurehead but they won't change the actual system. And that's what systemic institutional isms 
are. They're able to pacify through a good PR something, whether it's an interview or something or one show or one person or whatever. But ultimately, there's this systematic and systemic change that needs to take place, which hasn't happened yet. So in some ways, I've become a little disillusioned with how the industry as a whole works. But the only way I'm able to continue moving forward is by focusing on what it is that I do, what it, what it is that I bring to the table, where, where my passion resides, and knowing that there's so much work still to be done that it can't be done on the backs of one or two people. And it needs to be a continuous momentum that allows us all to thrive. And you're very much a big part of that. And I hope that with what it is that I do and what it is that I represent and stand for, that I'm able to do the same. I mean, you've always been passionate and hardworking and determined. And was there ever a point in your career, because I, I feel the need to create our own narratives and yours with Friday Entertainment and mm. seem like someone who's kind of tried to take control of the projects you get involved in. At the same time, I've always thought in watching your career and watching you grow and evolve, mm. I always felt like you should have been in a lot more visible platforms, a lot more, maybe more mainstream vehicles and a lot further ahead when it comes to recognition and people knowing who you are. I think mm. you're well known. There's that what um, the Dame famous. famous, you're famous <laughs> within the British black community. But I, I never, I didn't assume like where we are today talking that that you wouldn't have been in certain things, certain milestones that other mm. black actresses have mm-hmm. been in. What mm-hmm. was that in your career? What was the, was it something that you consciously were like, I'm not taking any of these roles or mm. was the industry not forthcoming to you specifically? That's an interesting question. And I think in this particular line of work, there's only a limited amount of control that we have where there's lots of different factors that come into play, whether it's um, producers, casting directors, writers, directors, not what you know, but who you know, small circles. I don't know. I appreciate the sentiment. I appreciate what it is you're saying. And I feel the same way. I I can't deny that. I do believe in God's timing. And I do believe that God's timing is, is perfect timing. I'm not going anywhere and neither is the business. And I think what's wonderful is that because I haven't been able to do A, B and C, what the A, B and C is, we don't really know. But in the mainstream sense of things, it's forced me to kind of focus on what it is that it is that I want to do, what's most important, uh, making sure that when I, with the work that I'm producing or bringing to the table, it's not of the same ilk of what these big companies, corporations, broadcasters, streamers are already doing. And now that I'm older as well, I think when I, st- I started professionally when I was 17 years old, um, and that's still very young. But when I think about all the, you know, the women that I admire, whether it's Kerry Washington, whether it's um, Regina King, these women, these are big women, you know, <laughs> big women who have been in the game for years. We can all talk about, you know, oh, when was the first time you saw Regina? When was the first time you saw Kerry? When was the first time you saw whoever? And I think it's going to be, you know, God willing, it'll be one of those things where you say, when was the first time you saw Kai? Because I saw Kai way back when, in 2007, 2008, and she was doing this and she was doing that. And now she's doing this. Oh my gosh. Like, that's So I feel that is the sort of trajectory I find myself in. I'm not in it just to be famous. Famous, famous, however. I'm not yeah. in it, you know, just, for, just for, the, for the money. I'm in it because this is what I do. It's what I love. And whether fame, fortune, and all the rest comes with it, I can take it or leave it because I've got the best right here. I've yeah. got whatever, I've got everything I need in my, in my life right now and everything else seems to be as a bonus. Um, and yeah, I'm, I'm not going to let the trappings, the seeming trappings of success detract and distract me from what it is that I'm, I'm trying to do. 
And I think to be clear, it's not necessarily about whether or not, you know, your name rings out in the famous celebrity sense of the word, mm, or mm, about mm. actually the projects that you can have under your belt to say, this mm. is what I was in and this mm. is the work. And that's where I felt like, well, what's happening here? And it's, it is a timing thing. You're right. There's a time when there was this burgeoning bunch of talent. I won't name names, but that, mm. you, were amongst, that you would assume you know, it, we know what it is, because there's, there's us as um, black creatives and in this space that maybe our white counterparts would just nicely travel through the industry and get to where they get, and they'll be in those prominent projects. And it's not about, mm. it's more about as a person, of, as a creative, what are the projects, what are the landmark projects that you want to be in that mm. will signify that your, or validate that your career journey is taking mm. off progressing as it should do. That's the word. Mm. So then if those things aren't coming forth, then what is it? What's the reason? What's happening? And there's some people, key people, that I think that that were names that I could come up with from doing the British Blacklist. Mm-hmm. I'm like, well, mm-hmm. what's happening here? And why is mm-hmm. that? Now there's this evolution, this change where there is focus on us. How does that adapt? And I do think you're right with, with sometimes what comes to us early, we don't understand. I'm not saying that you wouldn't have. No, no, I'm with you. Now, with this, with all the things that have happened in life, general life evolving, you're probably in a better space to um I think so I think I think sometimes we're not ready for the things that come our way sometimes we get in our own way sometimes we don't we don't we don't we don't realize the the consequences of our actions or our inactions or whatever it may be the journey that it takes us on um and that's I think that's what's so wonderful about life in general really we just sometimes we just don't know and I think especially being in the freelance world, life is so unpredictable and it is unsteady and it can bring up so many different thoughts and emotions of, am I where I'm supposed to be? You know, have I got the house? Have I got the kids? Have I got the car? Have I, have I got the credits? Have I got this and the, you know, have I got the awards? Have I got all this sort of stuff? And I think for me personally, I've learned to kind of let go of a lot of things. When I went to Hollywood in 2016 and I, I got signed out there, and everything else it was off of my own back it wasn't because my agent set me up with loads of meetings I arranged all those meetings I arranged the networking week it was all off of my own hard work and when I got there it was a moment where I was just like wow I've done it but also what is it what is it I'm looking for striving for trying to achieve and I think I had a huge portion of my adult life that was dictated to by anxiety and depression and that was something that I had to deal with and it wasn't until I got to Hollywood funny enough that that darkness started to dissipate and I have no idea I don't know whether it was a case of me being out there for a month and having to kind of put my best foot forward each and every day talk the truth to myself talk it to the Lord and have that all come back to me I don't know but it clicked and after seven years of being in that and then to come out the other side I was able to look at my life and go wow I've done it so what's next the following year I got married the following year I got pregnant and the following year gave birth and then got pregnant again and then gave birth last year in the middle of a pandemic so whoa it's an insane ride but I think now's the time you know like we talk about there being a renaissance but it's more than just on screen diversity which is what it was or at least been talked about a lot more when I started. The fact that I'm in a position now where I am able to produce, I am able to direct, I am able to take on board or assist in writing. And that's what a lot of these uh, networks, broadcasters, companies, so on are looking for. They don't don't know how to do what it is that we do. And so that's where I come in and the likes of you and so on and so forth. I'm not just an actor, but I'm someone who's actively creating, actively taking part in the change actively being a part of my community but through my art and through what it is that I'm trying to create 
I just think now's the time and I'm grateful for everything that I've learned, the journey that I've experienced to date, because I, I think the roles that, that I'll be going up for now, it's not about the young ingenue. It's not about, you know, here, uh, it's with me with my boyfriend. Oh, wow. Yeah, it's we're talking about the nitty, the gritty, the, you know, the um, little fires everywhere type shit. You know what I mean? Forgive me for swearing because, you know, uh, but it's the real stuff. It's, we're talking about real life, real women real stories and I'm about the realness so yeah I think I think the time the time has come and I'm ready I, I mean I love it and so how did you meet Mo and get producing on his project Breathe I've known Mo for years and it's funny I think you know when you think like do I know people from my space have we just <laughs> we just graduated from my space into the real world of yeah. Facebook to where we are now? I don't I don't know. It's funny. But yeah, but I've known Mo for years. And then we were both on the um, British Urban Film Festival board for a number of years as well. So I've known him obviously through for, for his directing, everything else as an actor. But then he came to me in well, July last year. And it was funny because I remember I was organizing a surprise 40th for my husband. This was in that middle bit of the, of the lockdown. So we had that bit where in the summertime, we could get out and we, yeah, have fun. So we went to the, organize a barbecue in the park and everything else. But he called me just the day before. And I'm like, I've got, <laughs> I've got my baby. I've got my baby, baby. I've got this party. And yeah, Mo, yeah, I'll produce this new film that you're doing. This is the first film out of your production company. Yeah, okay, thanks, thanks. And I was like, <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> but yeah, he called me because he said, I love what it is that you do. I love what you're about. You're serious. And yeah, I need someone like that in my corner to help me bring this, this project, breathe life into breathe, essentially. And so I was just like, yeah, thank you. Thank you for thinking of me. I don't know how I'm going to do it, but I'll do, I'll get it done. And we have done. And just watching that when we had the virtual screening a couple of weeks ago now, and it was such a visceral, deeply moving experience where it's strange that those emotions could be felt over Zoom collectively between the cast and the crew. But it, I think it, it's very telling of the piece itself and also what the piece stands for in terms of, you know, the community, the love, the heartache and the healing and everything that's kind of come about over the last 12 months. And I'm very, very fortunate and very blessed and grateful to have been given that opportunity because it's wonderful. And I can't wait to see how that, that project moves forward. Can you give a little bit of an overview for the people listening, what Breathe is about? So Breathe is an anthology, it's an interconnected film of three different stories six people, black British people in the midst of lockdown one here in the UK. And where a lot of projects or a lot of stories kind of focus on trauma or the Black Lives Matter movement, but in the, in the sense of the violence, the racism and everything that comes about with that. What we wanted to do was look at the healing, look at the love, look at the real deep rooted relationships that are found within our community that we don't often see, we don't often hear, we don't often get to see each other laughing and smiling and joking about patties or the fact that, you know, although we may have struggles at work, being either the token black person or the loss of a child or whatever it may be, we're able to come out the other side. We're able to sit down with the people that we love, talk it out and find some resolution, find some relief find some respite from everything that's going on around us and that's what breathe is it's a collective moment to just exhale just to be us without having to be anything else to anyone else and yeah that's that's what breathe is it's a love story to us you mentioned that the fact that it did it was born out of lockdown and you managed to pull it off being a wife and mother of two this is the superpowerness of a, a woman 
obviously women do it. A black women, I feel like we've got that extra special source of power. How did you manage to get through it? Because it was unprecedented <laughs> what was going on. And the first lockdown may have seemed easier because it came out of the blue, but it also, mm. when you're someone that's been used to filming on set, going, you know, getting all those mm. things together without restriction, how did you go about it? Well, it was tough. I'm grateful that I have an incredible husband and father to my girls. I'm grateful that my mother-in-law, she was over from Ghana at the time and because British Airways kept cancelling flights, <laughs> she was she was literally stuck here to the point that two days later her flight was booked and she was able to go. So it was by God's grace that she was even here long enough to help me with Nafira Joe, who stayed at home with my mother-in-law and my husband and Zariah Lee, she came to set with me. So she was in the sling over the course of those two days that we were shooting. And yeah, she was just, she was just with me and I was just doing what it is that I do. And I, and it's funny, like you say, we, we, we multitask without thinking because we just get the job done. And that's all I can say. I'm just, as I said, I'm grateful family. I'm grateful and to Mo and to the crew as well, who were also supportive and understanding. And to my daughter, who was an absolute dream, like, <laughs> She was an absolute dream on set. You know, I think where there's the will, there's a way. And there's and there's always a way to get the work done. And, and yeah, I'm just grateful that I did it. I don't know how. <laughs> I don't know how, but yeah, by God's good grace, isn't it? It's, yeah, it is by God's good grace. But it's also such a testament to your character, your determination to get things done. And this is your passion and this is your dream that you're living out regardless. And it's great, especially as parents, especially as mothers with ambition. Because I was mm. definitely a young mum, had my daughter under my arm. I always called her my mm. handbag because I had mm-hmm. to set like when I was a hairdresser doing hair on set she saw mm. everything and she literally has been around every kind of workplace that I've been in a soaking up of what it is mummy does when we're you know maybe torn between giving the child attention and giving the job attention there's that sometimes mummy guilt come is, is real and absolutely I- that is that is a very very real thing I mean like I'm having when I'm obviously as I said I'm in the, in the midst of uh, producing a feature film at the moment and having to annotate a 90 page script whilst I've got two girls every two minutes going mummy 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 it's exhausting it's exhausting it's challenging in ways that you just can't even put into words but like you said and I appreciate you um, noting testament to my character my determination my focus and my passion and my belief in the work that I am doing I I think having the girls now being a mum now has again refined my decisions and the choices that I make going forward it's not just about the money it's about whether or not it's worth me taking time away from my girls and if it's not then I appreciate it but I'm not going anywhere that one I can miss but the next one won't miss me because I'm ready and I'm and it's and it's for me and so I think it's it's having an abundant state of mind as opposed to a state of mind of lack and remaining grateful that I'm still here if I wasn't doing what it is that I do I wouldn't be talking to you right now. So I appreciate and respect the fact that you appreciate and respect my hustle. <laughs> From one mummy to creative to another, you know? Sometimes in through conversation, it helps you realise, yeah, actually I've done all right, you know? Or that people are recognising what you're doing, mm. not for the clout and all that type of stuff and the celebrity. Yeah. It's actually recognising that there are people out here who've been doing it. Probably the project that you're in, that's going to be like breaking star, newcomer. <laughs> I often think about Mark Ruffalo and Mark Ruffalo, I remember saying it it takes 10 years to become an overnight success because I came to know about Mark during Shutter Island with Leonardo DiCaprio and I I don't know what it was about him but I was so taken with him I was like this guy is just fab 
and obviously becoming an incredible Hulk and doing other great ventures and stuff as well. But I think for a lot of us, if we're about it, then we're in it for the long haul. And where I understand as a, as a woman, as a, as a black woman, it's more difficult where we're constantly either hypersexualized or we're just kind of left off the list completely. And so it's, it's a very sort of, I don't know, a difficult space to, to manage. But I have no fear, if fear is even the right word, about where things are going and heading to. As I said, I'm, I'm 33 now. I've, I've got time and I've got my girls and where possibly I would have had to do certain things and then stop my career at the height of something so I could have my kids. I couldn't have timed these children perfectly considering lockdown and everything else. The, the industry slowed down some. We're still trying to work out what we're doing with theatres. We're still trying to work out how filming can work considering everything's been pushed back and studios are having to kind of juggle production and so on and so forth. So the fact that I've got two under two, when the time is right to come back and do things in the way that I really want to do them, I couldn't be more primed. And so we can look at things and wonder why I'm not in Captain Marvel or whatever it may be. I just know whatever that project is, that, as you say, will be the breakouts are 10 years overnight, whatever, whatever. It will be worthy of everything that I've experienced today. But OK, so getting to know you. Yes. Give me a book that you have to have on your shelf, regardless. Oh, that's so tough. I, you know what? I'll be, I'll be completely honest with you and I'll say Amazing Grace. It's a children's book. Yeah, I know. And it was, it was my favourite book when I was a kid. It was the book that inspired me to be me. It actually is, is the book that I speak about in my filmmaking debut, The Key. And it's a book that is now that I read to my daughters. It's, I love what it represented when I was growing up. I love what it represents now. It, it's about being limitless and not letting the fact that you're a woman or a black woman stop you from achieving your dreams. And if you want to be Peter Pan, you'd be Peter Pan. <laughs> and, and I love it. The Bible, yeah, okay. You know, the power of now, yeah, okay. The secret, oh yeah, okay. But no, amazing grace. Give me a TV show or a film that you have to watch that you can watch on repeat whenever it's on, it'll stop you in tracks and you'll watch it even though you know all the lyrics or know all the words and everything. There's a few. I'm a big Disney kid, like really. So I can watch any, any, Disney or Disney Pixar film and know that back to front. But The Mask, Jurassic Park, Independence Day, they're three of my kind of faves that I can just watch anytime, any place and just be like, yeah, man. Uh, peace, no peace. I often use that. <laughs> What's that That's from one? Independence Day when the alien is whole, it's got, it's got oh his um, tentacles around it. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, such a, that's such a scene to remember. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The president yeah. asks, what do you want? It's like, like, we want peace. And it's like, peace. Yes. No peace. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, so those, those three. And actually, I've just rewatched Empire. Me and my husband <laughs> have been binging Empire from the start. And it's one of those things because when it first came out, it was new and revolutionary and Lee Daniels and everything else. And it was great. It was great, you know, seeing Terrence Howard and Taraji P. Henson and obviously a couple of new faces as well. But the music, and I love music. And I know both of us love music, to be fair. I've, we've both got down the dance floor together. But the music and just the drama, the dynasty feel of it all, is, <laughs> it's, it's, it's so ridiculously brilliant. And um, yeah, I've been rewatching that and I've been enjoying it for all of, for all of the nonsense, for all of the just, as I said, the, the melodramaticness. I, I watched it, then I gave up. I was like, no, I cannot leave with you, Lady Daniel. There's way too much. I mean, I, I, yeah, thank you. Well done. Yeah. <laughs> 
um, give me a song or an album or something that reminds your friends, like, you know, your friends know, or your people around you know that if they put this on, if it's the album or it's a song that Kyla's gonna shake her ass or- Craig David born to do it. Oh, really? That album? Yeah. I was Mrs. Craig David from the age of 12 until I met my husband at wow. the age of 18. <laughs> so wow. like, like, yeah. The Craig David Born to Do It. I think if anybody anybody who knows me and has known me from day will know they can put on almost any Craig David song, but especially for the Born to Do it. The Born to Do it album is such an underrated, brilliant R&B classic album. It's just... What's your favourite song on it? You Know What, which is um, one is, like, I think it's the penultimate song on the album. It's, it's like a, um, a garage two-step um, song. It's like, we were meant to be together for eternity, but now you're gone. It's plain to see, it's living just a fantasy. And I just like, I just, or, or the booty man. Oh, oh yeah, that album, that album. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. okay. I love it. A performance on stage has had the most impact on you. That means that state, a concert, play, all that type of stuff. I was uh, introduced to Hamilton like most people by Disney Plus last July. And it has changed my life. <laughs> I mean, there are many great performances, many great plays, many great black British plays and so on. But I have never seen a piece like that, that did something to me in ways that I can't explain. I love, I have a thing for history. I, I'm, a, I'm a geek for history. And a lot of even the, the, the stuff that's on my slate is dealing with history, black British history, black diasporic history. And the fact that Lin-Manuel, he's a Latin man, but he's understood the fact that immigrants and our story has been erased from history. It's been whitewashed from history. And I think the thought of Alexander Hamilton himself being a mixed race man has, who was able to integrate himself into society to elevate himself to the top part of society. And for us not to even know that he was born in the Caribbean, for us not to know that so many, so many other you know, members of what we would say is high class society in that time, whether it be Queen Charlotte and Sophia, whether it be um, Mozart himself, whether it be the writer of Three Musketeers, th these are mixed race people. These are black people. These are black and brown people. And the fact that we were able to shed a light on, on history or at least al allow people to engage with history and their history through music, through beats through rhymes, through spitting, through vocal harmonies, through badass choreography from like just doing it and doing it in what would be deemed as a white only space or a upper class space. And to, for it to break every box office record going, for it to win every award going, it's very telling of what we're able to do if we say no to the status quo, if we say this is what I love, this is what I do, and this is how I'm going to do it. And I listen to that soundtrack almost every day. I try to get on the musical itself on the TV if my children let me. <laughs> Lyrically, throughout that whole piece, there are so many different gems and nuggets that just sit with me and resonate with me. Whether it's one shot and just thinking about, I'm just going to go for it. Or whether it's taking a moment and saying, I'm going to wait for it. I'm going to wait for what's mine because what's mine cannot pass me. And history's got its eyes on you constantly. Just being aware of what we do today will have an impact on our tomorrow. Just there's so many. And as you can see, I'm, I'm gassing. <laughs> but it really, it really has done something to me. And I don't know whether it's because I'm, I'm seeing it now and I'm missing and we're yearning for more. We're missing the theatre. We're missing live performances. 
or what, but yeah, that that hit home. Okay, so what's made you sad, mad and glad this week? Sad is that I haven't been able to get out my house. The weather has been crap. I'm not carting my two kids on my back. It's long, it's long, <laughs> but it's made me sad because I, I, I want to get out. What's made me mad? Do you know what's made me mad? I don't know if it's, but I say it's in the past week, is the fact that we're still, we're still holding on to these establishments to mark our achievements or our success or our brilliance, i.e. I May Destroy You and Michaela Cole and that being overlooked at certain award ceremonies. I became very disillusioned with, with, with award ceremonies after Oscars So Why. My faith, yeah. my hope, my, my everything, when it came to that, and, and recognising that it's just a, a political game where you campaign and you have to submit your film by a certain date so that you can even be considered. And even then you have to have people rallying around you so they can vote on your behalf as to whether or not they... So it's just, it's all game playing. So whether or not you do something as incredible as what Michaela was able to do with I May Destroy It, have critical acclaim, international success, for it to be overlooked or for her to be snubbed or for the cast, the crew, whoever, to be snubbed in such a way, I'm like, yeah, but... But who cares? I'm done with that. I'm over that. It would be nice to be recognised, but if we're not, so what? I'm mad, I'm mad at us talking about the same stuff. I'm mad about that. That's what I'm mad at. I say mad. I'm, let's leave the energy where it is. I took a moment. It's done. Yeah, I get it. It's a good mad. And um, what's made you glad? I'm glad and grateful every day to wake up next to my husband, to my babies. Life has stood still over the past year. I missed celebrating my eldest first birthday because lockdown just started. We had to cancel her first birthday party. I was not, I was nine months pregnant by that point. I've had to go through so much this past year as a mother going through the pandemic, I'm not gonna lie, but also trying to navigate what that means in terms of an actress as a filmmaker, when so many women and caregivers and mothers have had to give up their dreams so that they can be full-time mothers at home so they can homeschool their kids so they, they could do all these sort of things. I'm grateful that I have a husband who's also obviously an actor himself who understands what it is that we do that is able to love me unconditionally, love my girls unconditionally, support me in being the, the living proof of not settling, of continually striving, of, of figuring it out and seeing, although life has seemingly stood still, I'm now watching my, my youngest crawl and I'm having big boy conversations, I say big boy conversations, at least three word sentences with my near two-year-old and watching the beauty of life blossom before my very eyes every day, that will certainly ground you. It will remind you of what's really worth your time, your attention, your energy, and it will inspire and motivate as it does every single day for me to go and show them girls, this is what you can do and I love you and I love your daddy and love is everything that is the core of what it is that we do so yeah I love it I love your answers and um, so finally where can we watch Breathe? Breathe is coming soon, coming soon. <laughs> and what's next for you? My feature film uh, The Payday which is a development on the 2015 short double cross and me connecting with Sam Benjamin and Sam Bradford once again and yeah we got this amazingly brilliant thrilling hilarious sexy caper that we're excited to bring to the big screen we're um, hoping to shoot in May we're getting the money together at the moment but yeah it's all it's all very very exciting at the moment pre-production so yeah the securing location securing the other car securing money secure 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 but that's what's keeping me busy and I'll be both producing that 
writing story on that and obviously starring in that as well. So that's what we do. And can you, you have to end and say, of course. So I think <laughs> whatever it is that I turn my hand to, wherever my focus is, it's always on being the change we want to see. Yes! That's, that's, that's the bottom line. <laughs> Thank you so much.